0: But the problem is I just can't eat like I as as sick as I felt I thought I, I know I need calories uh, I know I gassed myself yesterday so I, I really need to like start to replenish some of this but I could take one or two bites of anything and it wasn't like the I, I tried different things in my food bags uh, and it would like there's this visceral reaction I would take a bite it would be in my mouth and everything in my body was trying to make me spit it back out. Uh And I would just force myself to keep chewing and and eventually swallow. And I would get one or two bites in, and I just couldn't take it anymore. I'd throw it back in my my food bag and just, you know, like, okay, I'll try again in a little bit. I'll drink a little more water. I'll try again later. Welcome to Hunting Stories, brought to you by Late to the Game Outdoors. Everyone loves a good story, and hunters have some of the best. Our whole mission is to collect and share great stories from hunters just like you to entertain and keep you motivated all year long. So, pull up a seat around the campfire, because here we go. And we're finally back for the Huntin' Stories podcast. Um, Guys, there's there's a lot going on, a lot of excuses, a lot of stuff uh, just in the mix. Uh, And I've held off on releasing this story because I had a better story that I was more excited about sharing and telling uh, about my son actually just got his first elk in his life. He's 13. Uh, and so I actually want to sit down with him and just record going through the story. Cause I'm just, I'm still beaming with pride and he shot the thing what over a month ago now. Um, but anyway, we just haven't been able to sit down in the same room cause we laid a busy life. So uh, I wanted to jump on just real quick. There, this other story from my fall so far, uh, that i haven't released and uh we'll, we'll get into it but it's uh it is a hunting story but it's also really more of a trip disaster story or a cautionary tale uh pertaining to you know health and fitness and being smart when hunting solo uh so well, let's let's just dive in this is archery elk uh in utah over the counter uh and and Even before this trip began, this trip was never supposed to actually happen this year. So we're, if you're listening to this in the future, um, uh, we're talking fall of 22. uh, And as I laid out my hunts and drew my tags and all that stuff, I actually didn't have a plan to be hunting elk with my bow this year. Uh, I kind of set out a number of years ago and just said, I want to hunt elk every year. Um, which I still stick to that. Uh, but this year my son drew his youth cow rifle tag. And so as I was planning things out, I thought, man, I could squeeze something into September. I had an antelope hunt, um, early on in August and then September was kind of open, but I didn't want to cram too much in because, you know, you still have work and life and wanted to make sure I was putting adequate time getting my son ready for his hunt. Uh, and so I just kind of left it off there. And then as we were into the summer and the season, uh, and I'm just, I I can't, I I love elk. And so I just keep thinking about them. And anytime, you know, something scrolls through social media, that's some massive bugling bull, Uh, I would just get a little bit sad that I didn't have that experience, uh, planned into my year. And, uh, was just hanging out with my wife and just said something offhand. I think I saw something on social media and just said, oh man, kind of bummed. I'm not going elk hunting. Uh, and because she's an amazing rock star wife, said, Well, is there, you know, this was like middle of August. Uh she's like, Well, is there somewhere you could go? Like pick up an over-the-counter tag. I said, well, there's always somewhere I could go, but you know, that that's time, it's money, it's stuff we didn't plan on. Uh she basically, like she always does, just said, just do what you want, go for it. So uh I I kind of scanned some options real quick and landed on Utah. Cause first of all, I had never hunted elk in Utah. Um, and when I first started considering going out of state, uh, my first out of state hunt was actually Colorado. But the year prior to that, I had started planning a a Utah elk hunt basically because it was a little bit closer and the tags were cheaper than Colorado. Um, and and I never ended up doing that trip. So, uh, decided to kind of go back to there and, and just wanted to Check things out, see some new country. Uh, if you're not familiar, real quick, the way the the over the counter elk stuff works in Utah uh, is that they have uh, they basically break their units up, and there are some that are like trophy bull units, and you have to draw those tags. But there's usually an over the counter tag in that unit, but it's for a, a spike only. So it, the essentially the best elk hunting units if you want to go over the counter or spike only. Uh, there are over the counter any bull units, but those are often not great elk hunting. Uh, I mean, if, if you know the area, I'm sure there are pockets and guys who are successful with that. Uh, but if you're just like me, hey, in a couple weeks I, on a whim, I'm going elk hunting. Um, and I just, you know, need to look at a map and I want to get into elk and don't really, I'm not looking for a trophy. You're probably better off uh, going the spike only route. So that's what I did found this this unit that was in you know not too far into the state you know more the the south southwestern portion which would be quicker for me getting up from Arizona and uh and there was just this basically this huge mountain range um, and I was planning to go back country cause that's what I typically do. And now in this unit, the, the places I had picked out, um, you know, just, there's some big, deep canyons back in there. And there were basically two ways to get to the, the ridge line I wanted to be on. Uh, and there's this road that basically runs, like you climb up to the top of the mountain range. And then this road just kind of basically runs North to South all the way through that mountain range. Uh, and then there are, I mean, there's other access roads kind of uh, on either side at the base of the range and you could hike up into it. So I had identified kind of this one spot. There were a whole lot of north facing slopes that I wanted to just kind of sit and glass into. Um, I'm, I'm not a great caller. Like, I have called, I have uh, had some success, but it's not my favorite way to hunt really. Like I'm, I'm a desert guy. I <laughs> spend a lot of time sitting behind the glass. That's where I'm more comfortable. So just found the spot where this would be a great spot to just to camp and to glass and do the whole spot and stock thing in these drainages. Guys, I wanna tell you real quick about one of the most game-changing memberships in my entire hunting arsenal, Go hunt. I've had an insider membership for a few years now, and it's absolutely changed how I find hunts, where I buy gear, and in the last year, it's changed how I e-scout and use maps in the field. Honestly, I think an insider membership is a necessity for anyone who plans to hunt multiple states across the West. But GoHunt also just released their Explorer membership, which gives you access to the maps for all 50 states, plus their incredible gear shop and all the benefits that it offers for a fraction of the cost of the full Insider membership. So whether you want to go all in with the draw odds, the gear and the maps as an Insider, or you just want to get incredible desktop and mobile maps while building points towards top of the line gear, GoHunt has a membership that'll fit your hunting life. And if you use the code LATE at checkout, you'll get money towards the gear shop right out of the gate. Uh, For insiders, you'll get 50 bucks to the gear shop, and explorer members will get 20. So head over to Go Hunt and use the code LATE to snag your free gear and take your planning and mapping game to whole new levels today. And so. I, uh, had decided like, okay, well if, if there's this road, like I could basically drive down this road that runs like the, the top of the mountain range park somewhere. I could walk down this, this finger basically maybe a mile and a half or so would put me on this, this great little glassing knob, at least from the air. It looked great. Uh, and that's, that's perfect. Simple. Like it's a quick trip. I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time hiking, uh, cause to get to roughly that same spot from the base of the mountain, uh, it looked like it was going to be about six miles. So work smarter, not harder, right? Uh, drove my truck up there and, and the plan was to, uh, like I left super early in the morning, wanted to get there, you know, mid afternoonish, And if, you know, I just have to hike a mile and a half, that's not going to take that long, get camp set, uh, basically wake up ready to glass in the morning. And so as I start driving down the dirt road, uh, to make my way up the mountain, uh, I am probably seven or eight miles down this road. And it was going to be about a 15 mile drive to get to the spot where I wanted to park. Uh, And the little indicator for uh, tire pressure on my new truck shows up on the dash and I hop out and can just hear the air pouring out of one of my tires. Like, well, this is this no way, no better way to break in a new truck. So change the tire, no big deal. Uh, and and literally as I'm, I've got the new tire on and I'm sitting there, you know, kind of putting tools back and, and getting everything put back together to, and, and I'm having this debate with myself, like, okay, well now I don't have a spare. Like the spare is, is on the truck in use. There's this rock gouged flat tire in the back. Um, do I continue? Like I'm only halfway down this road. And if I somehow pop another one, I mean, I'm, I'm dead in the water. Like I'm just, fortunately it's Utah and everyone's super nice. So I could probably find some help, but I'm essentially just stranded if I pop another tire. Uh, and so I'm debating this with myself and here comes these, these two trucks pulling, you know, ATVs and and they're, you know, coming in to, to start hunting themselves. Uh, and, and this, he's this local guy just rolls down the window, checks on me. Um, and you know, just said, yeah, just changing the tire. He said, yeah, this road eats tires. Uh, He said he and his brother were in here hunting last year. Uh, I think they spent about a week hunting. He said between the two of them, they went through eight tires, like literally eight tires on trucks and four wheelers. And like just something about the rocks on this road are so ungodly sharp uh, that they just destroy tires and he he, to prove like i could see he was in like an f-150 but he had like the big massive industrial like f-350 tires on it uh because he said he switched over from last year to get something more durable to survive that road so that kind of answered my question for me the debate i was having on if i want to press on further with just without a spare tire uh decided okay i need to back out of this road just pray i can make it back down onto pavement without popping another one um and then i honestly like okay, that road is a problem, but I had to drive on the, my other access point, which would be the longer hike was also going to be at least a couple miles down a dirt road in at least the same mountain range. So maybe it's the same kind of road conditions. I don't know. Um, and so I decided, man, you know what the best thing to do is to, to lose basically a day of hunting, uh, and I should get into town and get a new tire put on this thing. Just so I can I can be heading in still with a spare tire and uh, so uh, I decided to to do that, and because my truck's brand new and had the uh the warranty I got would cover the tires for the first few years or whatever, I thought, man, I really don't want to pay for a tire when I could get it replaced for free, right so uh turned out the nearest functional Toyota dealership was uh, another couple hours north into the state. Uh and so I knew okay, I'm gonna be drive driving into the night. I'm not gonna get there by the time before the the service center closes. So uh fortunately I travel all the time for work. I had a a free hotel stay uh into my app. So just found where the, the service center was gonna be, found a nearby hotel, booked a free room, uh, and just drove up there, spent the night uh much more comfortably than I thought I'd be sleeping that night. Uh next morning. Uh, was at the service center when it opened they had a they had exactly the tire i needed threw it on i was back on the road and about by 10 a.m i was driving back down the direction i had come to head back into the mountains and finally get some hunting done uh now based on everything you told me about that road i wasn't going to chance it again and i had already decided i'm taking the long way in so i'm going to park at the bottom i'm going to hike my way up it's going to be about six miles now here is some necessary backstory uh, about where I'm at uh fitness-wise at this point. Uh if you've been listening for a while or following uh content on Late to the Game, you know I'm kind of a fitness guy. Uh but over the last 6 months or so, uh I've been on this long and very frustrating journey uh trying uh, essentially to uh heal my adrenal glands. So there's a whole lot of backstory you don't need, but essentially uh in trying to regulate some hormones, testosterone, some other stuff that was not balanced the way it should be. Uh, And I tend to err on the more natural side of things. I didn't want to just, you know, like shoot testosterone into my leg. Uh, Started working with a specialist who was looking at all these other numbers and discovering that uh, at this point, based on a lot of things that have gone on over the past few years, uh, my adrenal glands just weren't doing what they're supposed to do. Um, And so it leads to a whole lot of stuff. Uh, But essentially to fix that, uh, I had to stop doing a lot of stuff. So I had to let my body rest in a lot of ways. And so I, I went on very restricted fitness things. You know, I, I could only lift very light weights uh, for certain amounts of time. Uh, I could walk, but I couldn't run. I had to start doing yoga. Like all, all this, if you've been around, you know, I tend to like, just like lifting heavy barbells and running up trails. Like that's my fitness thing. And I had to scale all that way back. So heading into this hunt, like in the spring of 22, I was probably in the best shape of my life heading into to backcountry uh, bear hunt, uh, just felt like I've never felt better in the mountains. This is terrific. Mm. And so now I'm months removed from that. I'm several months into this like scaled back everything. And I was just hoping like, okay, it's I'll, I'll pace myself. I'm alone. So it's not going to be slowing anyone down. Uh, yeah, it's six miles. It's about two, I think just over 2000 vertical feet. Of gain, but I just figured okay, pace yourself, uh, stop when you need to stop, eat when you need to eat, it's gonna be fine. That in the uh, storytelling business is called foreshadowing uh, because it's not gonna be fine. So I finally get to where I'm going that the, you know, new tires on about lunchtime. I'm, I'm back in the, by the mountains, a couple miles down a different dirt road. Uh, and then I've picked out this trail, basically, that I can hike the trail probably about five miles. And then another mile off, you know, off trail uh, should get me up into this saddle in the spot where I want to camp and glass from. Um and so uh I mean I started at 7,200 feet I think I live in Phoenix uh my house I think is at like 1,400 feet so you know 72 is not nothing but shouldn't be that hard uh full pack only a couple days worth of food because I think I had a I had originally planned a four day three night journey and I had lost a day of that with the truck so you know I just had basically two and a half days of food and uh, just started to hike in uh couple things the the trail was is not a popular trail which is good on some level uh but also meant that it was largely overgrown it was hard to follow it would dip in and out of trees so there are large stretches that's just running through this thick aspen stuff so it's nice and cool and then it would spit you out onto just kind of this exposed dirt face uh, where it's really hard to keep track of where the trail is and the sun's just beating down on you and and i'm hiking it i think i left my truck at one o'clock so i'm hiking through the hottest part of the day gosh it's probably close to 90 degrees. If I if I'm honest, so uh, the first mile or two was not that bad, Uh, and then I think about the by the time I took my first break, like I stopped two ish miles in to eat a snack, you know, sit down, rest my legs a bit, was feeling kind of gassed. And typically, if I if I make myself take a break, get some carbs and some sugar in me, uh, you know, I throw the pack back on and feel like okay, we can we're we're cooking now. Uh, When I got up from that rest, I. Did not feel like I had recuperated much at all, uh, which was a little concerning. But, you know, this this is how we do it. Like just going to keep one foot in front of the other. Eventually you'll get there. And so I got to the point where I made it five miles down this trail to the point where I was going to break off and, and head off trail to, to get up, make this final climb. Uh, and I sat down in the shade just before I left there uh, to get one last, you know, snack in me. Uh, and I was already feeling like I was not hungry, but I was just like trying to force food in me. Like I felt like I had no energy. It was, it was hard to take steps. I was cramping a little bit, not too bad. Uh, I had been trying to drink, trying to drink plenty of water and also ration the water a little bit. Um, and, and this spot where I was going off trail is where it intersects a, a little Creek. At least there's a Creek on the map. Um, and and my hope was so i could see like you know it's the dotted blue line on go hunt maps like that sometimes there's water sometimes there's not uh and so i had hoped that there would be enough water that i could filter reload everything um and you know maybe even head up that la- that final mile that last climb make it a little bit heavier but with a bunch of water uh that i can leave at camp and and not have to drop down immediately once i get up there uh because on the other side i was going to climb up the back side of this spine that i wanted to sit on and then if i dropped off You know into the the drainage i was looking into it had you know a reliable creek in the bottom of it that okay i knew i could get down and get water there but that's a thousand feet down uh which you know of course means a thousand feet back up so as i stopped where this this creek intersects the trail uh it's just bone dry there's nothing there i can't filter anything uh and so now i realize all right i'm about i'm going to climb up here i'm going to get up there you know not just in time to maybe glass the last 20 minutes of of light uh, and probably not there's not really a world where I want to, after this clike, after this climb feeling as gassed as I do, I'm not going to want to like drop camp and then drop down a thousand feet into the bottom of this other drainage to get water. So now I'm in the like, okay, I'm, I'm tired. I'm gassed. I'm sweaty. I've, I've had a good chunk of the water that's in my pack already, and I'm not going to get it replenished. So now I need to start thinking about saving and conserving water. this is like in retro as I'm telling the story I'm like what was I like I should have pulled out right then uh but I didn't and so I made this last mile of a climb it it was the steepest part of the climb uh I had left the aspen trees so I'm just fully exposed in the sun even though it's finally starting to like cool off as it gets closer to sunset um and man I, I I make it up to the top and the view is terrific it's it's like okay here's there's this is a great little uh spine i'm on uh found a flat spot to put camp um there's you know i can just easily i could walk 50 yards from my tent and be sitting in a great glassing spot the next morning uh perfect but i feel like absolute crap uh i i knew i had i had just over a liter of water with me um and I, I sat up at the end, like I threw my binoculars up just to scan uh, the, the last bit of light because I felt like I needed to, but I didn't even want to. Like all I wanted to do was lay down. Uh, I just felt awful. Um, sun went down, I got my, my camp set up, got the, the food hung uh, or on my, as I was getting my food all situated, I thought like I didn't even want to eat dinner. Like, like not in a I need to conserve water sort of way like I just wasn't hungry at all I felt that, like if anything I felt like I was possibly going to puke so I decided to skip dinner like it it's early the sun just went down but I'm going to hang my food crawl into my tent uh sip on some water you know trying to rehydrate a little bit but uh conserve water at the same time uh figured I'll go to sleep wake up hopefully feeling better uh and then I'll glass for the morning and then in a perfect world, I'll be making a play on some elk and on my way down when I have to cross the creek, I'll stop and fill up all my water. Well, uh, sleep was not great. Um, like it was just one of those rough nights of sleep. Uh, and I'm camping at, I think 9,500, 9,700 feet, something like that. Uh, so not at all crazy high elevation. I've, I've hunted and camped above 11. Um, and so, again, there's all this confidence like, oh, no, I've, I've done this before. I've been here. This will be a piece of cake. Um, but sometimes, especially that first night at elevation, don't sleep so great. Uh, and this was one of those like it just sort of in and out. And I couldn't really tell like I would I would wake up and would, you know, sit there and look at my watch and try to decide, did I actually sleep? Have I been asleep? What's going on? Um, so make it through that pretty awful night. Climb out of the tent. Uh, you know, the sun's gonna come up in twenty, thirty minutes. Will be first light. Uh, and so I, I just basically get out of the tent, grab my pack, and just sort of walk over, you know, to where I'm gonna glass, and just kind of plop down. It's still dark. I can't really see anything, but I'm figure I'll get my tripod set up. I'll just be sitting there, ready to go, when first light hits, and and I'll eat some food, drink some coffee or whatever from there. <clears throat> and I'm I feel worse than I did the night before. Like I, I. Feel at, at all points like I could be on the verge of puking. Um, I This is more than you want to know, but uh, have not peed uh, since, jeez, uh, I think since when I rolled into camp, like I made myself pee a little bit because I felt like, well, you know, it's what I haven't done in a while. I should. Um, and it was not much and it was definitely a strange color. Uh, so I know I'm dehydrated, uh, but I'm, I'm doing everything I can to like to mitigate that the best that I can but the problem is I just can't eat. Like I, as, as sick as I felt, I thought, I, I know I need calories. Uh, I know I gassed myself yesterday, so I, I really need to like start to replenish some of this, but I could take one or two bites of anything. And it wasn't like the, I, I tried different things in my food bags. Uh, and it would like, there's this visceral reaction. I would take a bite. It would be in my mouth and everything in my body was trying to make me spit it back out. Uh, And I would just force myself to keep chewing and and eventually swallow. And I would get one or two bites in and I just couldn't take it anymore. I'd throw it back in my, my food bag and just, you know, like, okay, I'll try again in a little bit. I'll drink a little more water. I'll try again later. Are you a new hunter or even a guy with some miles under his boots who's still just trying to figure it out? I get it. I've been there. I'm an adult onset hunter who spent the last 15 years learning how to hunt. And so I wrote the book... How to Hunt, A Total Beginner's Guide to Hunting Big Game, as the resource I wish existed all those years ago when I first started. Whether you're planning to chase elk with your bow in the west, or you're hunting whitetails back east, this book will take you from knowing absolutely nothing to your first harvest. It's packed with hunting stories and plenty of those times where I royally screwed up, so you can learn from my mistakes and feel better that you're not the only one. You'll leave with a sound strategy for hunting big game and have plenty of laughs along the way. Grab a copy today at late to the game outdoors.com/slash how to hunt book. Uh, and, and that's how it was all morning. Uh, like, just tr- a bite or two of something, and like, ugh, it would feel so sick. Uh, and then, you know, half hour later, I would try another couple bites of something else. And same thing. And I'm getting through my water, figuring, like, okay, well, eventually, like, just at this point, like, you're going to have to go down and get more water. So just finish what you got. When it comes to the hunting, I did see two bulls, uh, heard a few bugles come out of the bottom of that drainage, uh, saw one nice bull kind of down in the bottom. I picked up another decent bull who was much up higher, much further up the drainage. Um, what I didn't see being a, a spike only unit, uh, what I was counting on seeing was some herds. Like I figured I would glass up a herd. Uh, which was, you know, almost sure to have a spike or two in it. And then I would just watch the herd, bet him down and and make my play. All I saw were those two single bulls, heard a few bugles, uh, which is cool. It's what I wanted, you know, the September experience. Uh, but as I'm sitting up there and the, we're getting a couple hours into the day and I'm feeling worse and worse, uh, I haven't peed since the night before. And I'm just thinking, okay, the way I feel right now, is not good (laughs) to say the least. Like I have no energy feeling kind of shaky, kind of wobbly, can't eat running out of water. Um, And I know that I've got a thousand foot drop if I want to get the water below me, but I, I have this legit, what I, what seems like a legitimate thought, like, okay, well I could go down there. I could filter a bunch of water. I could sit there and rest and drink a bunch. But if this like is more than just dehydration or if this doesn't rectify itself through some water, Like, now I've got a thousand feet. I've got to climb back up to get camp. Uh, And and honestly, like, what if I can't make that climb? Like, what if I just completely bonk and I'm just left sitting halfway up the side of this mountain and I'm solo and, you know, I'm just I'm starting to think through all these things that I, I the advice that I give people and the agreement I have with my wife that she is, as I've said, the best. Uh lets me go and do this stuff. But our arrangement is hey, you can go hunting solo as long as you promise to be extra careful. Like, I mean, that's that's a wife thing to say, right? Be careful no matter what, no matter who you're going with or what the situation is, go be careful. But there's an extra level of careful, I believe you have to be if you're gonna be solo. Um and so I'm I'm sitting on this mountain debating this, like because my other option, okay, if I don't go down and get water, the other option is just pack up camp. And I know I did pass some water. You know, a couple miles into my hike, so I know that if I if I just decide like this is a wash, I'm gonna pack it up, I'm gonna get out of here. Uh, I know that if I make it at least you know three to four miles back down the trail, which at least is all downhill, uh, I know that there's some water right there, and I can stop and filter and drink and try to recover. Uh, and so I'm texting my wife on the InReach and trying to not worry her, but just saying, hey not feeling 100%, uh, you know, I don't have any service, I can't look anything up, could you just look up for me the symptoms of altitude sickness? Because that's what I was starting to think, like I'm, I'm familiar with it, like I haven't had it before, but like I've heard of it, and, and I've been dehydrated plenty of times, and this feels like more than that, if that makes sense. Uh, so she looks that up, she just texts me kind of like the, the bullet points of the symptoms she found on WebMD or wherever, I don't know, um, and it is just point for point. It, it's like I didn't tell her what I was feeling. I just asked her to look up the symptoms. And what she texted back to me was 100% exactly what I was feeling. So I thought, well, great. I am experiencing altitude sickness. This is superb. Um, and the, the solution or the cure or whatever is, uh, well, come down in elevation. Like, like get out of the high country, drink a bunch of water, uh, rest, recover. Like you, you just, the, there's not like a... There's not a lot of, oh, power through and and it'll get better. I mean, maybe it would have if I had had water and had just sat there. Um, but everything she was finding on the interwebs said uh, come to lower elevation. So at that point, I decided, hey, I mean, not only am I feeling like this, but even uh, but I haven't seen what I'm looking for. Like I haven't seen a single spike. If I did, I don't have the energy or the wherewithal to get over there and try to get on him. Uh, I, I think I just need to get out of here. So. Packed up camp, uh, started my trek out and just kind of told my wife, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep you updated. I'm going to pace myself. You know, I've got the trekking poles out, uh, but we're just going to get out of here. And I think I left camp with maybe a third of a liter left in all the water I had on me. Um, and so I was just trying to sip on that, walk slow downhill, uh, make my way out of there. Uh, I did find, I think I was I was only about two and a half, three miles into the hike when I found a different little bend in the creek that had just enough water in it that I could kind of dig out a little spot and sort of dam it up and uh and just threw my filter in there, found that there was a shady spot on the bank, and I just sat there, drank an entire liter. Um, and I even I threw some electrolyte stuff in it, like just sat there and drank a whole bunch. Uh, Then filtered more so that I would have enough for the the rest of the trip back to the truck. And obviously I have like bottles and gallons of water waiting for me at the truck. And uh, so after all that drinking, uh, I tried to take another couple bites of something and still felt awful. So just thought like okay I'm just just keep walking one foot in front of the other you'll be fine um and so ultimately like same thing the trail is kind of hard to find uh here and there I on the way back I definitely found some spots of the trail that I had missed like I had I had gotten way off and was just essentially like paralleling the trail on what seemed like maybe it was the trail uh and on the way back just managed to see like oh that's where it goes and uh so just but even then on the way back, like there were still plenty of times where I just couldn't re- you just had to keep using, using your map and, and just trying to keep in the same general direction. And then eventually you'd pick up what is clearly the trail at some other point. Um, but kind of just like hobbled back to the truck, eventually made it. Um, and then I, I just sat there on the tailgate, drank probably another liter of water, um, you know, changed clothes and you just kind of got settled in because at this point now i had so i had burned i had lost a day with the tire uh i hiked in like there wasn't time it wasn't like i was going to go to lower elevation or find a different unit uh even back at the truck so now I've, I've dropped you know i think more than two thousand feet uh, i've had a bunch of water um i'm still not peeing um and still can't really eat Like I I think I managed to get some honey roasted peanuts down. Um, But even those like after a few bites, it would feel sick again. Uh, And so I thought this is this is just bad. Like I just need to get home and uh, uh, or even, you know, my wife suggested and I was open to it. Like I'll start driving. And if I'm still not doing well, like I figured I would just drive I will gradually get lower in elevation. I'll keep drinking water. Eventually I'll feel better. Um, but if I don't, like I can just stop somewhere off, get a hotel, uh, sleep for the night and hopefully feel better the next morning. Uh, but managed to make it all the way home uh, by late that night. And uh, man, I drank, I, I i don't even know how many liters of water and electrolytes and like just that was, that was all I was drinking the whole way home was just swigging it down. And, and often when I'm on a long road trip, I will almost subconsciously pace my fluid intake because I don't want to have to stop every hour to pee. Um, I was drinking everything I could, and I think I peed once on that whole eight-hour drive home uh, is not a good sign. Uh, My wife actually when I walked in the door uh, she said hey I already have an appointment for you tomorrow for uh, like one of those at home IV nurse people to show up Uh, like she had already booked that so this lady showed up the next morning uh, ran a bag of fluids and some other stuff into me Um, and I still probably didn't feel normal normal for another day or two. Like it just I was back at virtually sea level. Uh, I was resting, rehydrating, drinking all the fluids. I could eat at least the following day. Um, like started to actually feel hungry again and, and eat some real meals, but I definitely felt kind of weak and funky in my head for another day or two. Um which is just the the first time I've ever encountered altitude sickness. So, uh, takeaways from that, I realized there were in terms of like hunting activity uh, or elk action. Uh, this whole story uh, had two lone bulls from a distance and a couple of bugles. Um, but I share all that really in hopes that uh, I mean, I mean, there's a couple things to be learned, maybe some helpful advice. <laughs> All right, I think most hunters can relate to this, that I'm an absolute information junkie and I've lost more hours than I care to admit diving down a research rabbit hole. And because of that, I love a good online course that's going to take me on a deep dive into whatever topic has captured my attention. Usually it has to do with hunting. So when I learned about Outdoor Class, I knew it was going to be something I was way into. I just didn't realize it was going to be as next level awesome as it is. Outdoor Class is the e-learning platform for the outdoorsman. It has a top-notch lineup of the most reputable voices in the industry, sharing their vast knowledge on all things hunting on one amazing platform. Ever want to learn how to outcall? Outdoor Class has you covered. Freezer full of deer meat? Outdoor Class will show you how to turn that into a meal to remember. When I first signed up, I started diving into Remy Warren's course on finding mule deer. Absolutely next level. And they have the web-based course and a mobile app to boot so you can up your hunting game no matter where you're at. The platform is already packed with tons of amazing content, and I've been talking to the guys behind this, and there is so much more in the works from big names in the industry that I'm super pumped about. So head over and check out Outdoor Class today, and if you use the code LATE at checkout, you'll save 20% on your registration. Uh, One, I kind of already said, but just to reiterate, if you hunt solo, which I think is great, I love my solo hunts, Uh, I schedule a couple of them every year just because I look forward to that time of solitude play it extra safe. And if you ever get in a situation where you're like, ah, this is kind of sketchy. I'm not so sure like air on the side of live to hunt another day and just get out of there. Um, the other thing with altitude sickness, like one thing, I think a couple things contributed. One was definitely the fitness. Like I assumed I wouldn't have lost as much fitness ground as I had in just a few months. Um, I'm used to being in pretty decent shape uh, and figured like, okay, you know, it's been a, it's not like I've been sitting on the couch gaining 30 pounds. Like it, like I'm, I've been monitoring things. I've been staying somewhat active. Like it should be okay. Uh, but I had just lost a lot. So be honest with yourself, be prepared physically, or, or at least plan your hunt around the reality of your physical situation. Um, and then the other thing is I'll, I'll just do a, a little plug, I guess that I, every other time I've been at elevation that high or higher, um, I've done a have uh, used the wilderness athlete altitude advantage supplement. Uh, it's, it's a bottle of pills that like it's a whole bunch of natural herbal kind of stuff in it. Uh, and, and I got it and would take it every year. You start taking it a few days before, and then you take it every day while you're on your hunt. And I always just took it as a precaution and you know, this was the first time I had tested. Hey, does that stuff actually work? Uh, which I didn't set out to test, but it was it was just kind of a last minute hunt, and I didn't have it and didn't take it, and just decided, okay, I'll just go. It'll be fine. Um, I will never do another high country hunt where I don't take <laughs> that supplement because um, I've I've never had this issue before, uh, and the one time I didn't take it, I did so. For what that's worth, uh, if you're going into the high country um, and you don't have some other system or some other proof that you function fine there, um, I would say pick up a bottle of Altitude Advantage uh, because, at least in my personal experience, it seems to work very well um, because when I didn't take it, it did not go well. Anyway, that is, uh, the end of this tragic saga, uh, and the, one of the biggest wastes of time and money I have ever embarked upon in the name of hunting. Uh, so hopefully you at least can commiserate or, you know, something, some, some tips, some advice, some, something stucks like, oh, that, that might help me later in the backcountry. Um, you're welcome. Feel free to learn from, uh, all of my many mistakes uh and there are more stories coming up soon Uh, i'm sitting down with my son uh i think hopefully tomorrow to to record the story of his hunt uh there's other hunts on the calendar and i've got other people i'm trying to to wrangle the time where we can we can sit down and record their stories as well so trying to get back on some consistent content coming out of the podcast uh but thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll see you guys next time Thanks so much for tuning in to Hunting Stories. And if you want to stay up on what we're doing with the podcast or anything else going on with Late to the Game, go ahead and check us out at latetothegameoutdoors.com or give us a follow on Instagram at latetothegameoutdoors. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.